out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Thank you very much. Hello, welcome. This is David Eastall. This is C the C86 show. Um, a little bit of a different one because um, this is featuring some of the interviews I've done recently, um, including a photographer called Bob Mazza, who has a book that has just come out with an introduction by the one and only Will Self. It is out on Unicorn Publishing, and uh, this is the interview. Um, and this is the, well, I'm just going to play the whole thing, actually. But um, after our short introduction, I started talking about one particular picture in the book, which was taken in the early 80s at a festival or fair, as they used to be called, in East Anglia. And uh, I was asking Bob where this was. This was Bob's reply. Bob? over to you Festivals. no i must i you know what they say about if you if you remember it you weren't you know you weren't there or something like that that's know? right that was our 60s saying well i was born in 65 yeah. so well i i just mailed you another pic well i mailed uh future radio another picture that i was looking for of uh, a couple of celebrities of the of the age that were at the same fair that were shot the, the nude couple by the river and that's Bruce Lacey and Jill. I don't know whether you've ever heard of them. Well, yes, I did a very Bruce. good. I did a very good okay. interview with Bruce um, a few, well, quite a few years ago now. Yeah. Um, so yes, I, I sort of yes, and they are legends, okay. aren't they? So, yeah. Uh, well, there's this, there's a shot sitting in your in your email somewhere in Future Radio now of those two that, that I've never shown to anyone. Blimey, O'Reilly! So look. As we sort of um, vaguely potter down to the world of that is nostalgia, are you, you going to able just to give us a little bit of a, a background to your own sort of, you know, photographic kind of world and how it all sort of developed and happened? Um, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so my uh, it all kicked off for me really, and I came from a kind of half uh, arty family. My my mother's half kind of quite into the arts and one of my uncles was a photographer in Manchester um, <clears throat> before he became a clothes seller in Manchester uh, I, that never happened to me I've always stuck with photography so I, I already had an interest when I was given a, a little camera for my bar mitzvah when I turned 13 and I sat off uh, out into the streets of London photographing this and that Yes. And and then, you know, did a bit more. I, I went to a comprehensive school in North London, the first in London, I believe, uh, which was quite ahead of its time. And they built a dark room and we got a proper professional, uh, quite um, exciting chap who showed up in a in a Land Rover with a turtleneck sweater and swore in the dark room, which for me was a revelation. Uh like an ordinary bloke, he wasn't a teacher. He was quite inspirational. His name was Ewan Duff. Uh, so they gave me a twin lens reflex camera, which is one of those funny cameras that you look down into and they've got two lenses. Right. One that shows you the scene and one that actually does the photography. And I, I went to the tube station, the nearest tube station, Manor House, and started taking pictures of, you know, old ladies on on the train chatting to each other. So the whole tube phenomena started quite early, but that was just a little 
I mean, you know, that became a bigger thing later as I got older. Yes. So, uh, and this, yeah, and this was kind of, and I was just going to say, this is kind of the early to mid 60s that you were sort of. Yeah, sort 1963. 63, a fine year. Yeah. The summer of love oh, had yeah. not quite happened. But you, so you were sort of, were you also drawn to that kind of wonderful world that was the sort of hippie counterculture that we all. I could, was, yeah, I mean, I, I you know. I was a Beatles fan, you know, I had a Beatles haircut. I've still got it, actually, what's left of my hair. Uh, and, yeah, I, when I got to art college, that was Hornsey Art College, which was quite a cool place to be at in that day and age. Uh, you know, they had a sit-in. I was involved in that on the periphery anyway, culturally, not politically. Um so uh, oh, I'm, I'm I'm having a mind blank, a yes. blackout. Yeah. It, well, it's, it was <laughs> a wipeout. It was only fifty uh, years yeah. ago. Yeah. So you were. Yeah. Yes, I was, so I, I was a nascent hippie, though I never used to refer to myself as a hippie. You know, I, I kind of liked some of the hippie culture, but yes. I, I wasn't into sort of hippie dippy trippy beads and you know mm. sort of holding hands and dancing in circles. <laughs> I, I kept a bit away from that. I was an observer of it. Yes, a bit of a voyeur. So did you, because yeah. at the time you had the famous three photographers, Terry O'Neill, yeah. Duffy, and the other one, which, um, which, which was kind of, um, which is the most famous of the three photographers from the 60s. That well, the I other one being the, the, yeah, okay, what was his name? Yes, good. I can't remember. Yes, but you know the yeah, three, don't famous you? Famous know? Bailey. The Bailey, David. David Bailey. I should remember that name, shouldn't I? Um, yeah, so had you, were you sort of hey, aware... Were you aware of those kind of photographers at that time? Were you beginning to sort of become... Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was aware of that there was a big photographic world out there. Uh, but I think the stuff that turned me on was the classic uh, reportage documentary photographers like Cartier-Bresson and Robert Frank. And uh, when I got a bit older and got to college, I started finding out about the American West Coast photographers. Lee yes. Friedlander and Diane Arbus. I'm not saying that they were all West Coast, but uh, so I was very influenced by that. Yeah, people like Davidson, who also did two pictures on the on the New York Metro. Yeah, and uh, did you? And were you able at that stage to sort of carve out a living for yourself during that? that no, I was terrible at carving out a living. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I. It's only really since I've been living in Hastings, which is 31 years, that I've carved out anything remotely like a living. Yes. And, and did you... And because what... I, had, I started a family, but then I realised it was not just me that needed to be uh, sustained, yes. maintained. Yeah, you were going to ask. And I, I was going... Yeah, so I was going to say that um, during that time, as you were taking photographs, were you sort of consciously archiving them? Because that's the other thing, because some of those photographs are probably, you know, having the negative still, is, you know, and maintain and sort of storing them and keeping them together. Is well, quite, I think at the time a, I was probably, I, I was conscientious about, about keeping my legs nice and safe in negative folders. And, and uh, by some miracle, I still have most of them. But the, I... I never thought to myself, well, I'm going to need these in the future because they might be, you know, they might, as they age, gain historical interest. Uh, 
So there are a few, probably a few pictures I remember taking that I can't find. Yes. And and anyway, I don't. I mean, my my archive is quite a random bunch of you know negatives in sleeves, and there's a nightmare to look through. You know, and nothing is. There's no database. You know. Your database is yes. Yeah. It's in folders. Pre-database. So then. You you brought this well yes Unicorn Publishing brought the book out. Yeah. So when did they approach you and say Bob, we need we need um, to, we need to get this out there? Pretty much a year ago, you know, a year and a bit ago. Yes. And what was the process? Yeah. I mean, because obviously you must have had a a lot of photographs and sort of a time frame to sort of get these all done. So did you? Um, yeah. I mean, I just wondered what your selection process was. Um. Well, I've just spent the last year really making you know, selection process decisions, and I have to say it's been quite a hard year. Uh, we, we, Unicorn, decided that that it would be a good idea to do a sort of retrospective thing because initially I'd wanted to reprint the the underground book, which had been hugely successful, but. Uh, they thought it might be a good ta- time to, and a good opportunity to look at my uh, archive collection. So that's what I've been doing for 12 months, really, putting the book together by looking for pictures I knew I'd taken. I didn't know exactly where I'd stored them, uh, getting lots of pictures scanned. Uh, and I, it, as the process evolved it became clear that I was basically giving, being given carte blanche to make the book the way I wanted it, without anyone actually interfering with how it looked or its content, yes. which was kind of interesting but a bit scary because you can really screw up easily that way if you get a bit too indulgent, you know. Well, I can, yes. So, but then so I had to walk a fine balance, you know, it was a balance between being really indulgent and thinking, no, no, I've got to look at this as if, you know, objectively. Yes. Which is not easy if you're an artist, like, you know. No, absolutely. And with, the, you know, with some of the photographs that you've got, well, quite a lot, you obviously have engaged with the people. You didn't just kind of quickly run up, take them, and then sort of run like hell if they said, hey. So- no, I, I, you know, once or twice I might have done that. But I like engaging with people, and I... I think I, I would. I'm quite happy to engage with people, even if I don't photograph them. Yeah. I, I I like people. I don't have a problem with talking to strange people. No, no. Good. Or even people who aren't strange. Just not just anyone on the yes. So look, there's a few photographs. You know, there was the one in the the. Obviously, this is radio, so no one's going to know what I'm talking about. But there's the young woman in the um, service station. I mean, when you saw yeah. her as an example, did you think? right, I want to take a photograph of her? Or did it just um, evolve as you were sort of attempting to sort of pay by credit card or cheque? No, I, the moment I saw her, I, I thought uh, I, loved, I loved the quality that she had, which I, I, I saw her as the kind of Mona Lisa of the service station. And I actually didn't have the right lens on me to take the sort of picture I wanted to. So I, I asked her if she could just hang around you know, I asked her if she would be still there half an hour from then and went back home, got another lens, put it on my camera, came back, and she was still there waiting. And uh, I was very touched at the fact that she thought this was perfectly natural. Maybe she didn't, but she was quite happy to comply with my request. 
she just and I you know I said well just sit there as, as if you would you know if as if you weren't as if I wasn't here yes and she gave me what I think of as quite an an enigmatic look and I I loved all her adornments like the piercings in the lips and the beautiful tinted hair and the whole thing of this rather attractive creature in this environment which is all about you know saving money on shelf fuel and please your car <laughs> and cigarettes in the background yes i, I liked all of that it was yeah yes i mean but mainly were... i like i like the way she's looking at me i it's know like straight on you know i'm just going to be myself here and look at you yeah, I mean, it's quite, a, you know, that's an amazing interaction to have with a complete stranger for that period of time, to have that amount of trust. Um, so, yeah, I was just kind of, I've always been curious because often taking photographs, it's with people I know. So there is a sort of, mm. so there's very, I mean, I probably wouldn't have many photographs I've taken of people that I didn't know that I had to have that kind of interaction with, which was a slightly yeah. different thing. So then, just skipping ahead, you've got. I'm the, quite non threatening, that's the thing. I've learned, because I'm a little chap, and I've always been a little chap, I'm getting smaller <laughs> as I get older now. I'll soon be the same height I was when I was 12, I think. Anyway, so I don't, I don't, I've, because I'm a little chap, I've always had to use my wits and sense of humour to outwit people who were threatening to me. So I, I, I tend to project a non-threatening aura. Yes. If I have any aura at all. <laughs> An aura. <laughs> charisma. Charisma, I know. Well, I'm developing my charisma. Yeah. As I get, I've become a celebrity, I'm told. Yes. Well, and I think if you've got... Celebrity any... of the airwaves. This is true, this is true. And, but um... I do, as it happens, I do love radio. Oh, good. That's very good. Yeah. Now, just going... OK, I won't go through the entire book doing this, but there was the other one of the young rapper yeah. with, the, with the hoodie and the amazing hand. And cigarette. He wasn't a rapper. He he was a guy. I really like that picture. I know uh, it's an amazing. Like it it is. I, a lot of people have tried that pose. A lot have failed, haven't they? You've you've captured it, haven't <laughs> you? You you know what I mean, though. Well, it's it's there, isn't it? You've done it. I I made my I made myself be very persuasive when I was doing that that bunch of pictures because I I was very kindly allowed to enter into this world of. This is a youth club kind of place that was run by a couple of people who were really looking out for kids who were disenfranchised in some way or other, you know, problems at school or family. And and had they not had this place to go, they might have been, you know, got into trouble, let's yeah. put it that way. Uh, and some of them probably did get into trouble anyway. But I, I was really, I felt privileged that they gave me a whole year to spend there whenever I wanted, just shooting pictures. Yeah. Uh, and this is one that came out of that, that year. Um, I really like it. I know, and it's got... Done with a ring flash, that's why. That's why it's got that sort of halo around the image. The halo. So that's, um, mm. yes, it, it's, um, it's bizarre. It is kind of extraordinary. It's in... It's so three-dimensional. I think that's the thing that slightly sort of jumps out as well. It's, but the more you look at it, the more kind of, okay, that's, oh, right. You know, it, it's... <laughs> well, I'm looking at it now with fresh eyes now that you're, you're kind of describing it. And it's sort of the dimensions don't... If you actually think about it, where is that big hand coming yes, from? I mean, well... <laughs> it's not necessarily is. I know. It's only because you assume it is. Yes. You know? 
It's, By the way, it was his. It was his, thank God for that. Yeah. But yeah, so then, going to the beginning, um, how did you mm. manage to find or get Will Self to write the introduction? Because obviously that's quite a nice little... That's something that you you would feel chuffed to have. Mm. Having, there's, there's not many writers that you think, oh yes, Will Self, he'll do. Well, that's what I... I, I mean, I, I felt something akin to that and that there weren't many commentators like Will, um, that had this, what you might call even now an alternative take on events, you know, local or otherwise. And just, you know, when you look at his history, to me seemed interesting as someone whose opinions I could relate to uh, because he was a bit out there and he's obviously been out there. So uh, I originally asked him to write the intro to the underground book, but he was too busy to do that. So, you know, five years on, um, I suggested it again to Unicorn, and they approached him, and he said, "Yeah, this time." Yeah. And he did, and I was I was really pleased with what he wrote. It's it's kind of funny and cultural and intelligent. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it. Well, having Thanks. having somebody like him sort of being able to sort of, yeah. Give it, give it the sort of. Uh, it's a nice way to sort of frame it, isn't it? Yeah, it's another. I mean, it is like an. It's it's another. You know, it's a commentary on on the pictures that I don't think I could get anywhere else. Yes. No, you wouldn't. It, oh, would, it would. It would just be something that. I don't know. It'd be meaningless, but we will self. So, just lastly, sorry, Bob, because it is yeah, kind no, of, it, it's, right. it, it's a fascinating book, and and there are so many pictures that we, you know, that you just keep coming back to. Just last one, which I'm fascinated mm. by, is Alice, the the woman who's looking at you side on, and again, Alice. As, yeah, you know, she's quite young, long hair, and uh, has just that sort of almost the Mona Lisa look again, hasn't she? With well. Yeah, you have something there. That is my daughter, Alice. So, and that was taken a few years ago. She's still gorgeous, uh, but older now. Yes. And now she's a biochemical engineer. So at the time, she was still at uni. Uh, I I do like... I've never been what I call myself a portrait artist, a portrait photographer. Whether I'm an artist or not is another matter. But uh, I do like as I get older, more and more taking pictures that are very straight portraits of human beings, whether I know them or not. Yeah. So yeah. I love that picture because I love the eye contact in it, especially, and, the, you know, the light coming through the hair. And I was just taken at home, you know, after she just walked into the room. I mean, it wasn't set up or anything. It was just, I thought she looked great and yes. the light was beautiful. And it was, yeah, it just captured a, a willful... And she's great. She's yeah. amazing. And then, OK, this is definitely the last one then, the charcoal burners, <laughs> the two chaps looking... Um... I like your selection, actually. They're, they're quite <laughs> unlike any other selection that's, that anyone's come up with yet. Yeah, OK. Well, I mean, these guys are amazing. I mean, and, and something that I've only stumbled upon once in my life, but I think it looked like a disused sort of charcoal burning area. But these two are there, and they they're looking... They're looking happy. Well, I don't know, actually. But so how did you... <laughs> well, one, well, the one with the cannabis T-shirts looking happy. The other guy with the shovel is looking a bit stressed out. Yes. But he also has an earring. So, uh, 
I I was sent there to shoot some what you you know like office pictures, check presentation, you know speech pictures, and I I can't remember whether I was meant to take go outside round the back and see where the actual furnaces were, uh, but when I got out there, I was I was shocked actually because it was so medieval, yeah. you know. If you put those guys in in sacks and you know pointy shoes and that sort of stuff, they, they, they wouldn't have been out of place in that setting. Yes. Uh, and, and actually, it, that picture, funnily enough, has been on my wall for a long time before I thought about it as being an interesting picture. It's just uh, I kind of liked it. And then suddenly I thought, yeah, I wonder whether I've still got the negative, you know. Yes. And I was able to find it. And when I, when I printed it, I... I, well, actually, when I saw it on screen, I was quite staggered <laughs> myself. It sounds terribly big-headed, but I thought it was a very interesting document of something that's happening now that looks like it could have been going on 250 years ago, you know? Well, absolutely. I, I had no, no idea what time it was that you did this photograph, but it was um, it was the fact that there's these four, I think there's about four of these kind of burners, and one yeah, is slightly chugging. Yeah, and four, five. And there's yeah. a, and the light is coming through those trees in an autumnal day, and it just looks like what a, I mean, well, I mean, on one level it's probably a lovely job, and on another it's probably <laughs> not it's, a job that I would, I think, you know, a spy, yeah, it's probably a summer job when you're young, you know, but not one, you know, just thinking, oh, this year I'll mostly be shoveling charcoal. So well, yeah, yeah. So I don't even know whether they'd be shoveling it. I mean, he had he had a shovel, I think, probably to pile up the the dirt around the base of the furnaces or the burners but i reckon all that stuff is thrown in by hand you know oh even better my god yeah splintertastic so bob look last question splintertastic, exactly what i was thinking i oh, know where so they wouldn't wear gloves people i hate splinters oh, but i'm very good at removing them actually yeah well they're the sort of thing that you can't really make much of a story about can you people are very unsympathetic with a splinter because they can't see it but it's really <laughs> irritated and they... for some reason or other, i think it's because i'm into optics i i'm you know, I've got my little magnifying glass, and I'm very steady. My hand is steady. Uh, I could have been a surgeon. Excellent. A splinter removal surgeon. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, well, I guess. Someone's got it. Just, but, but lastly, what would you say to a, an 18-year-old self starting out in that kind of world that is the creative <laughs> arts? Uh, that's a, yeah, what would I say? I mean, I always find, you know, that... You know what will be will be really. There's, uh, if I was myself, and then someone, you know, like when I was approached by anyone then who said, "Oh, I think you should leave college and go straight into being a, an apprentice or a, a photographer's assistant," I would say, "Well, I'm, that's just what I'm not going to do." You know, but my advice for a long time to students who were leaving college and you know, wanting to get into photography was don't try and be a freelancer straight off the bat, you know. It's bloody difficult. You know, it'd be better to get a bit of experience and knowledge working with a professional. You know, you get a lot of technical stuff out of it. You'll, you'll know how to use lights and a lot of stuff that it took me quite a while to learn on my own. Yes. Uh, because I didn't take that route. I, I left college and 
considered myself uh, ready to be a freelancer. Of course, it wasn't that easy. There were a lot of freelancers out there, and I was a kid, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, but whether I would take any notice of my own advice is a good one. Is a debatable, isn't it, really? That's great. Well, I never, I mean, you know, when anyone at the time would say, well, you, know, you know, there are people you could go and see you know, who would further your career. I was out of there. I didn't want to hear that sort of thing. So, you know, advice like that from mum and dad and relatives, you know, I, that was like, because they'd suggested it, I wouldn't want to do it. I was contrary. Yes. So this is why I'm stuck here now in Hastings. Oh, a nice place, 1066. Yeah, very enjoyable. Yes. But well, so, Bob, thank you ever so yeah. much. And I was just going to say, because you know that, because I'm still sort of like, my my mind is still buzzing with excitement. When you mentioned about that um, that photograph that you sent down to probably the studio at Future Radio, I wondered if I, if I gave you my email, would you be able to send it to me to um, so I could see, yeah. it, see it almost instantly, if that's possible? Yeah. If, have, sure. you got a, have you got a pen? I've, I have got a pen, and I'm trying to actually get to, uh, well, I did have a pen. What I was actually trying to do, I was going to actually open it up and then forward it to you. Oh, that would, be, that would even be better. Have you got your computer there? Yeah. Okay, then. So if you... Right. Um, forward so, selected, okay. Okay, right, okay. What, so, what is it? So if you put it for my attention, or oh, no, just my attention, it's uh, my email is D C. D. D, C for Charlie, yeah. then it's E-A-S-T-A-U-G-H. D-C-E-A-S-T-A-U-G-H. Yeah. So basically, I know that doesn't sound really good. That's David Charles, and then it's my surname, Eastor. So I put it D-C, and then Eastor. So Eastor, that's a nice name. Yeah. So, but there's no... Eastor of where? Yeah, probably east oh, of. That's a joke you get all the time. East of Hastings, I think. Um, right. So that's e. Yeah. So you got that D C E A. Got that bit. Um, at Gmail. At g. Yeah. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. There you go. So yeah, I'd love to see that picture because, uh, like I said, I mean, Bruce died a few years ago, and yeah, I didn't realise that. And I, can... I only just found in my sort of exploratory. The thing I've been doing here, trying to find out where these pictures were taken. Yes. Uh, yeah, I realised that he had, obviously. So have you hit send? I am hitting send, and I'm I'd... sending it to you as a large file. It's not It's not the same, you know, it's not the actual size, but yes. it would take too long to send. So it it's still take... big enough to look at and yeah, I'll make just... a little print but, on it. But what I'll do... Oh, blimey, here you go. Um, <laughs> what I'll do is send you a little clip... Um... Wowzer, that is beautiful. Jesus. So you got that now, have you? Isn't it wonderful? Oh my God, Jill. So what happened? No, I don't mean the picture. I mean the technology. Oh yeah, that is no the photograph. Stunning, Jesus, that is stunning. That is amazing. Because what I'll do, I'll send you a link to a film called The Last Barsham Fair. That doesn't. I, I was looking at that actually about an hour ago. Oh, you've seen it. Yeah. The thing yeah. we once... Well, I've, only, I've only seen ten, you know, five minutes of it. Yeah, because... but a few years ago, quite a few years, Bruce came round and he had some old film that he'd done, and he gave right. and he gave me a disc of them, you know, and uh, okay, and 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 he said, you know, and which was fine. He said, don't put them on the internet or anything, which I haven't, and yeah. I'm not planning to either. But I would almost love to, you know, 
occasionally um, show people because because he made he, you know he was a really great archivist uh, he archived right. everything so he's got loads of stuff he gave me a few posters that he did and this looks like one of the festivals that he did when he was um, yeah that's amazing Bob that is an amazing picture so when you were there did you yeah. did you just take the one picture. No, well, of him and Jill. Yes. But, I mean, I didn't, I, I, you know what, I can't really remember. I'm assuming that being me, I I found out he was there. I sort of ambled over to where they were hanging out, and I said, you know, let me, t- can I take a picture of you guys? You know, I didn't, I didn't uh, engineer it in any way. I didn't say, come and sit down here, you know, the teepee at the top of the hill, blah, blah. Yes. It was just probably a one-off. Yeah, uh, and the other picture being the, the my mates by the by the river, fantastic. Uh, Pete and Di, nice one. Uh, yeah, yeah. 